Welcome to episode five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Welcome to episode five of the Raising Kings podcast. As always, you are here with Jay Bent, and across from me is my brother Rail. Um, do you remember when Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime of the Braver Bowl <laughs> in a mud dog? <laughs> Come on. Uh, I was sitting over here trying to figure out what you were going to say. And that's probably the best intro you could have came with. <laughs> because I do remember when he showed up. <laughs> yeah. That, that was the only thing I could think of. I've been sitting here. All right, so look. I have my intro planned out since last Sunday when we started planning this episode. And I sit down. And it's all gone. And as soon as I sit down, my mind blanked. But that's how I was in high school when I was taking tests. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I did oh, all shit. that damn studying. Sat you studying? Okay, no. But, <laughs> I, I mean, I thought I did. Like, my shit. studying was weird. <laughs> but uh, I feel that. Man, I, this shit crazy. Episode five. Bro. Man, this five weeks went by that fast. Quick, too. Hell I mean, yeah. normally, when the year changed, January be long as hell. But it's already the 19th. Yeah. Well, the 20th when people listen to this, but I don't know. But shit. Man, this this episode is... Uh, I feel like it's going to be a good one for people to listen to. Um, yeah, I had some people tell me they've been waiting on this one. Same here. They, yeah. they wanted to hear us give a little bit of substance. Yeah. And this is very substantial, I think. Monumental. Expeditiously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but first off, man, as always, I want to check on our boys how how they're doing. Uh, I'll start off just just because. Um, yeah. Man, Trent is uh, he's doing great. Um. He's back 100% healthy. Hell yeah, Trent. Um, he's doing this thing now where whenever I see him and I tell him, give me hugs, he, he'll he run up and he'll latch on to my leg and won't yeah. let go. Yeah. And, uh, I randomly say say it from time to time yeah. now and then. Now you be crying and shit. Yeah, and then he'll he'll blow people kisses and stuff. And, and he's starting to say words now. It's, it's just. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. You know, bro. they've been talking full sentences for years now. <laughs> but it's. it's, it's uh, Yo. Speaking of, speaking of Zay, what up, Zay? <laughs> um, hey man, by the way, they they're gonna be guests on the show soon. Yes, they soon. are. I don't know how it's gonna go. They gonna fuck this shit up. We're but. probably gonna have to pause the episode a lot, but it's okay. It, yeah. It'll be worth it. I think that'll be funny. Oh, it will. It will. <laughs> um. So, other than that, man, Trent, Trent good. Trent, That's great. Trent's great. great. How about man doing? Even though he's he's in a great he's in great mood right now. So, <laughs> so I haven't gave this update, but he's been saying I love you or love you for. Oh, man, like three weeks a month, maybe a little bit longer. But, bruh, that should change your life. Like, when he started saying that, it just, like, give you a whole new perspective on your day. Like, damn. Mm-hmm. But, um, like I've been saying in the last episode, uh, another four-game week um, with two practices in between. And my only day free was Sunday, so he been going through it again. Um, I don't think he came to a game this week. I think his last game he was at was last Saturday. So, uh, in that eight game stretch, we went six and two. Balling. Hell yeah, we lost uh, last night though. Um, well, for y'all, two nights ago, Saturday night, we lost mm-hmm. to Kings Fork, who is number one. And 4A, so we'll see them again. Uh, but 
it's it's good to get those uh yeah like those I, type of games out the way early. Yeah, it's good to get that, and then it's good for them to see. So, uh, but yeah, Isaiah, he didn't get to see me much. Well, he saw me yesterday before we left, but he was asleep like two hours before I left. So, um, when he woke up, Brie FaceTimed me because she said he was looking for me when he woke up. So, um, and then when I got back last night, it was two o'clock in the morning. So, of course, he was asleep. So, uh. This morning we just been spending as much time as we could together before we started recording. So, yeah. but yeah, when you uh when you was like, I'll be over at eight o'clock. I was like, oh man, <laughs> look man, that, <laughs> that didn't go so well for way. neither one of us. Yeah. I, oh, what what did uh what did Kanye say last night was mad real? Hell <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what bad real means, but uh, <laughs> an hour and a half school bus ride. Oh my god, bro! Bro, let me I walk hate, next time. I, I hate an hour and a half ride in anything. So damn I right, know that shit terrible on the school bus. But, but no, nah, man, that's good though. Um, shout out to y'all for for the six and two. Yeah, that six and two record overall record is eleven and three, um, and um. I'm excited to see how the season ends because we get one of our best players back in oh, four games. Mm. He Perfect was timing. he was academically ineligible, so the semester starts next next Friday. So he becomes eligible. So he becomes eligible, okay. and let me tell you, he is amazing. All right, well, yeah, definitely gonna have to. Uh, definitely gonna have to check this out. It sounds like a streak is about to come. Yeah, I think so. I think you can. I think I think we'll be playing at the Seagull Center. Don't quote me on that, but I think we got the team to do it. So just give us some time. I'll, I'll talk to y'all again in, in March about this. All right. Well, what's on the slate for today? Well, today's episode, uh, we want to touch on mental health. Now, it'll probably be a few episodes where we like take a deeper dive into our own personal side of yeah. mental health, I feel like. I feel like this episode, it seems like we just going to touch on it from a broader spectrum. Yep. Um, it's a lot of things going on. It's a lot of things happening that I feel like relates directly to mental health. Um, but first off, I do want to ask you, in terms of mental health, in parenting, mm-hmm. um, every episode, by the way, we're going to speak on something that we feel like will speak to the way we are going to parent our children. Yeah. And we want y'all to kind of take it and come up with your own idea of how you plan on parenting your children or if you have children, how you've already gone through exactly with doing it. Uh, so for me in mental health, I feel like there's always something that aids into someone having mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's obvious, but yeah, I feel like it starts at a very young age. And I agree with even with our kids being, you know, almost two, uh, it's detrimental. We see the way they deal with technology, yeah. uh, the way they pick up words and somebody saying something, the way, the way they pick up people doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, when my so, so my question is, when do you feel like is an appropriate age for your child to have a cell phone? That's a really good question. Because um, you see it earlier and earlier. Yeah, now. yeah. Because I have a cousin... And I think he got his first iPhone at like seven or eight. But 
for me personally, like I don't feel a kid really needs a cell phone that has all the capabilities. Bingo. I agree. Um, cause I, I would love to give Isaiah a cell phone when he starts middle school, elementary school. You almost have to. Because it's, it's a, it's a tracker too. Like, yeah. Not to stalk your kids, but, like, you never know what could happen in today's age. So, um, being able to have that communication with him, like, I've seen people with, well, kids with phones that uh, they'll have, you only can call these people, you only can text these people, you can't do this, you can't do that, but you can do this. Mm -hmm. So, um, I would give him a phone like that, uh, second, third grade. Um, cause I mean, it's hard you not to give them that. Yeah. It's hard not like, especially with, with my job and everybody knows how much I'm gone and you're gone. Yeah. So, um, is that fear of the unknown? Yeah. Like I want to be able to have, like I had to check in with my mom when I got home from school from fucking all the time, right? First grade to <laughs> yeah. 12th grade. Yep. I was checking in like, mm-hmm. so, um, I feel like he should be under that same, I mean, he should be under that same, same tree. Like I want to make sure he he checks in at every, every chance he gets to come when he's home. I feel like it's okay. As long as, like you said, it's being monitored. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I I talk about it all the time with, uh, (laughs) I talk about all the time with my friend. Yeah. We say that like, like I want my kid to be able to grow up and be, like tough in a way where I feel comfortable enough for him to have a phone yeah. or something like that and he not be bothered by words. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. the, the shit that I feel like would really bother kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I'm a I'm a joke with Trent all the time. I'm gonna tell him, Man, you ugly, bro, your head big. You know what I'm saying? All that type of stuff. Yeah, they're they're gonna hear, get all these jokes. Because shit you hear all day is gonna be so much worse. And it's crazy because I was listening to a podcast and I can't remember whose it was, but Dude was like, I tell my son, shut the fuck up all the time. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you're going to hear way worse out there. So and, for you to say that, uh, like, I won't say that to Trent, uh, yeah. to Isaiah. Yeah. I don't know why I was about to call him Trent. But <laughs> <laughs> I won't say that to Isaiah, but I'll let him know to be prepared for that. Too. Yeah. Like, but, like, but that's what it's about. It's yeah. like a lot of these kids grow up soft. Mm-hmm. They grow up sheltered. And they get to these schools and. Especially public schools. And it's worse. The elementary and middle school is the worst. Yes. It's the absolute worst. Yes. You're going to get it the worst because kids are trying to find themselves. So you got that group of kids just trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. That's going, you know, that that's that's growing up around these older brothers and sisters who's yeah. talking shit to them. So exactly. They to school, talk shit to other people. And so for me, I'm okay with my child having a phone around that age because I'm, I want to be in contact. I think I had my first phone when I was like 12 or 13. Yeah. But I... Don't want my child to have a social media. No. Honestly, at all. Social media <laughs> is so fucking toxic. Bro, it is. And it's even if you're trying to use it for different things, it doesn't matter. Dog. It's yeah. it's toxic. You you have the availability to see a lot of shit that you don't need to be. Yep. You know. But I feel like by the time my kids are in high school, the spectrum is gonna change so much that mm-hmm. There's gonna be classes on social media. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I just feel like they're yeah. gonna adapt social media because social media is the biggest driving force in business. Is the biggest driving force in mental health. And you know what's and, crazy? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna show my age a little bit. Oh. When social media first came out, mm-hmm. it was called social networking. Yes. To for for you to grow your business, to mm-hmm. network, Music, to meet people. All that yeah. Type of stuff, yeah. So for it to change to social media and how much it's changed over the years is crazy. But like you said, it went from like the first the first thing I was on was MySpace. Yeah. And it was people, you know, like music, you know what I'm saying? Stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was a platform. Then it got into more of the media thing as time grew. Yep. Then towards I didn't get an Instagram until twelfth grade. So this is two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. And you started seeing the the emergence of Instagram models yeah. and comedians and all that type and of stuff. And trolls. Yes, and trolls. And like, like niggas won't hate on Facebook like that. Dog, that think, okay, think about the biggest things that affect someone mentally. For girls, a lot of the time, like like abuse aside, mm-hmm. I'm talking about like they see these images of these girls mm-hmm. and they wish they looked like that. Yep. These people see these comedians and they're talking the shit, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, saying certain stuff, yep. and they're getting affected by it. Like, when we was first on it, we didn't have that. Nah. And if we did, it wasn't it wasn't focused on. No, nah, like, not at all. So, I feel like that's the only thing I'm scared of with my child. Yeah, is having yeah. have social media. Because there's really nothing you can do to prepare them for certain things like that. Because Not at all. I mean, because experience is the best teacher. Yeah. So, I don't want to show them too much, but... Because uh, for me... Um, it took me a while to not respond to negativity or just be able to oh, look sure. look past it. For sure. Like I still struggle with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially if it's something I know ain't Ain't true. Like, like Yeah. I I I remember I was so petty that a girl called me regular on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I just went in for like thirty minutes. <laughs> but that's how petty I was. Like First of all, I was going to never talk to her. I doubt she would have ever talked to me. So we would have never had a, a conversation if it wasn't brought that she called me regular. Mm-hmm. And like it was just it was just one of those things where I fed into it and I allowed it to get to me. But that's what I wanted to teach Isaiah. Like people going to say shit, mm-hmm. but not everything deserves a response. But and that's my mom says that to me all the time. Now she says it to me in a different light. Like yeah, yeah, if yeah. we're having a discussion and she's telling me something where like from a motherly point of view mm-hmm. and I say something back, a lot of times she'll be like, That's one of them things that doesn't yeah deserve a response. And it took me the longest time to understand it. But like you said, like now, like I get it. Yep. Like and I was listening to a podcast and Nicki Minaj was talking about it and she said that she see people talk about her online, and a lot of times she don't respond because she knows it's a lie. Yeah. But then she said it's things that are lies that attack her character mm-hmm. and shit that she stand for, and she mm-hmm. can't, and she yeah, won't sit ha- back and let yeah, it. Yeah. So I feel like, once again, you got to pick and choose your battle. Exactly. Like, if I got somebody coming at me, like, it's some things I will always respond for. If somebody coming to me as a father, yep. you know, somebody's coming to me as a man, like, mm-hmm. like in general, yeah. I feel like I always have to give a response to that because I know... The type of dude I am, I know the type of parent mm-hmm. I am, all that type of stuff. So I'll never let someone def- deframe that character without me speaking to exactly. 
Now, if you talking some bullshit like, oh, he ain't a good coach and all that, whatever. Exactly. Like, come on, bro. The fucking proof is in the pudding. Like, I don't care about yeah. that shit. Yeah. And it should be like that with the parent and stuff, too, but it's different. Like, it's just a narrative that you don't want to have. And I feel like as kids, they don't have that filter. Mm-hmm. So everything is a narrative they don't want to have. Yeah. They can talk about your outfit, all that type of shit. They're going to they're gonna respond. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, I just want to protect our kids in that aspect. Yeah, and um, I think one thing with me, like once Isaiah gets to that age where he understands what I'm what I'm saying, and like he understands what I'm saying now, but like he comprehends what I'm yeah. saying. Like I want to teach him some things that, which obviously we both do, but I want to teach him some stuff. Like, like I said, everything don't deserve a response. Um, some people will be negative because of things that they're going through. Like, you just got to be able to to let that shit roll off. Because um, the bullying stage happens so early that yes. that's one of the first things that affects yes. mental health. Yes. Um, and then the negative comments that comes with the bullying, whether it's physical, verbal, whatever, um, that just sparks it off. So... I'm, I'm, he's going to know to defend himself, but yeah. he also going to know that you don't defend yourself until somebody puts you in a situation Correct. to defend yourself. Correct. So, um, but one thing I do know is the words that I will say, like parents always tell you, like, be tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't worry about it. Like some things to to help with the mental health, I can't be tough. Yeah. And that's as an adult. Yes. As as a kid, like I just can't be tough in this situation. I got to show my emotion in this situation. And that's something that black men specifically. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where it well it is it started from I mean, I'm not even going to lie. I could be wrong by saying this, but a lot of single mother mm-hmm. homes they grow up and try to raise these sons and they say all the time, "Oh, toughen up." Yep. You know, you need to be more of a man, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that's cre- that creates toxic masculinity. Yep. And these boys grow up not being able to show emotion. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like, it's okay to, like, sometimes you don't have to play tough. No. Like, you can't play tough, like you no. said. And my quote that I'm going to say at the end of the episode literally is going to speak yeah. directly to that. Is people will be so off better, <laughs> like, yeah. with, with their situations if they took that into consideration. I mean, a lot easier said than done. Oh, definitely. Um, Just, just thinking about it, like, I've always been told, toughen up, but, um, like, if I get hurt, yeah, like, I'll toughen that shit out, but if I felt like, because everybody has feelings, so if I feel like something genuinely hurt my feelings, you have every right to... You can call me a bitch all you want to, but we're going to have a conversation about this. And I don't think that, to me... And that's and that's the narrative that's been created for... Yes. For I'll say men. I won't even say black men, but... Men in general. Yeah, but men yes. in general, the man in I general. can't have a conversation about my feelings being hurt. No. Because of the narrative that's been created as a man. First of all, don't show your feelings. Mm-hmm. And you got to be able to be tough about this. Like no, if if some, if I say something that hurts Bree's feelings, mm-hmm. or Bree says something that hurt my feelings, mm-hmm. we both gonna talk about this. Like we gonna understand why this happened because down the line, 
when one of us explodes is going to stem from that it's first initial yep. initial thing. So um, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people in general deal with, especially athletes, because you yes. get these athletes that Man. are Managing doing so much, everything bro. they can to be the best at their sport. And then for somebody to tell you, you suck or you're not good or in some of these people's cases, they're getting told to kill themselves. I'll kill you. I'll kill your family. Like for that shit, bro. Like after I've already played like shit, which I've been training my whole life for, I've been training extra hard this whole week because it's the playoffs or, or whatever. And then for you to have a bad game because you're trying so hard to accomplish something Mm -hmm. for you to have that bad game and then get on social media to, to just wind down. You got people talking to you like this. Of course. And then, of course. And then think of all of that still. Plus at the end of the day, you're still a human being. Exactly. So you still got a family. You still got kids. You still got a mom and dad to take care of. You still got, the same obligations that the average person has. Yeah. Plus the weight of the world on your shoulders because exactly. you don't carry a team. You carry a whole city. Yes. Oftentimes. Yes. So a whole you got to work with that. And then and I, the crazy part about that is a lot of that chemical makeup of that athlete stems from when they're young. Yes. Because they grew up differently or they, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So how you handle it, like. Like you see athletes like LeBron handle shit completely like a yeah. like a straight dog. Yeah, yeah. Then you see other athletes, a lot of some of the younger ones, of, of course, yeah. handle things a little more outspokenly. Yeah, I mean like Odell, like you know what I'm saying. Like he, Odell, he Kevin seem, Durant, he seem, they don't seem to be able to handle it with the same level of professionalism. Exactly, exactly. And I'm sure they'll get better at it. Yeah, but it's just dogs, and, and some people have more of an expressive, expressive attitude. But like speaking on the athletes though. Um, it's 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 a high school player that I wanted to speak on really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is uh, Bryce Gowdy. Okay, and uh, he played at Deerfield Beach High School, mm-hmm. and uh, is terrible situation. He was a, a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, had a full scholarship to Georgia Tech. Damn, and uh, someone who to the outside world. And according to his mom, according to his teammates, had it mm-hmm. all together, bro. I'm talking about you wouldn't have thought yeah. anything was wrong with him. Yeah. Um, he was 17 years old, dog. And on January 2nd, this year, he walked in front of a train. God damn. And decided to end his life. Um, That's just sad. Yeah, bro. It, it's, and his mom said, you know, like, she was, and she put out a video and I can't even watch it because it's nah, like, nah. I just don't want to see it. And she said that, but a quote that someone said she took from the video was that, you know, someone who seemingly had it all together on the outside was more broken than I could have ever imagined mm-hmm. on the inside. And everyone, including myself, missed the desperation. Yeah. That scares me, bro. And as a parent, like, yeah, it scares yeah. me because as a, especially as a mom, like, you feel like, you supposed to be able to see that in mm-hmm. your child, mm-hmm. and you miss it. Like, how do you miss it? And that's what makes me kind of want to watch the, like, watch the video to and see it, what signs maybe he could have been showing. But it kind of, kind of ties in with this Kevin Love 
uh, article that I read. <clears throat> it says, growing up, like this is a quote. It says, growing up, you figure out quickly how to be how a boy slash man is supposed to act. You learn what it takes to be a man. It's like a playbook. Mm-hmm. Be strong. Don't talk about your feelings. Get through it on your own. So in 29 years of my life, I followed that playbook. And look, I'm probably not going to do tell you telling you anything new here. These values about men and toughness are so ordinary that they're everywhere and invisible at the same time. Surrounding us like air or water, they're a lot like depression or anxiety, and that was. So um, I'm sure he followed that same playbook like most men do. Um, And for him to be so young, he was just trying to deal with it the best way he could. And one thing that I'm like praying well i know for a fact i'm not gonna push sports on isaiah oh for sure definitely not bro and everybody sees me as a coach and i'd make all these jokes about isaiah going to the nba but one thing i'm not gonna do is push sports on him i was just talking about it with somebody like people don't like you like they see these coaches they they really think that i'm they don't believe me when i say like i don't even want to coach isaiah i'll train him all he wants but i don't want to coach him nope and I don't want to coach him because I don't want him to have to feel like I have to make my dad proud. Because regardless of what he does, I'm going to be proud of him. And that's something that kids, more parents, need to yeah. take that on. Yeah. Because I don't care if Trent grows up playing a piano, throwing a football, if he wants to work on robots and be a Whatever, bro. dog. I'm there for you. The same way I would train you in football is the same way I'm going to sit with you and train you. To, exactly. To be a rocket scientist. We're going to learn this shit a, together, bro. To go to the tech center and pick up a trade to be an HVAC specialist. Yeah. Bro, I don't care. Like, Not at as all. long as you are on a path to if, be productive. If you're showing and, that you're a model. Yes. And I feel for like. For our family. When, kid, when kids get certain things pushed on them, it's when they start to break. That's mm-hmm. when that mental mm-hmm. health starts to kick in. I don't know if this kid had football pushed on him. Yeah, you, we, I don't we don't know, know that story. There was a father figure in his life. I don't know. I don't want to even speak to it too much, but no. what I do know is that what it seems like is something in the water wasn't right. No. Something. No. And it could have been pressure. It could have been, you it's, know what I'm saying? Most of these Division One kids feel pressure before they even step on that college campus. For sure. Because most of them are one of the tops in their high school, mm-hmm. one of the tops in the city, it's one of like the tops in the life. state. It's been like that for so long. You're like, I got to be the one to make it. And sometimes a conversation as simple as you're good enough. Like, it's okay to to want more for yourself or want more for your kids, but to let them know, like, you're on a great path. What you're doing is good. Is, yes. Like, and you don't have to aim. I, okay, th- I'm not saying you don't have to aim high. You always want to yeah, aim high. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to put it at. That is like, <laughs> but I don't want you to feel like you're, that you aren't, Exactly. At, at any point in your life, you're never doing something to please me. Like you said, like, we are proud of you for what you're doing. Yes. And that's something that these kids need to hear more of. Mm-hmm. Not to get soft on them and be like, you know, you don't, like, even if they're, like, if they're doing the bare minimum and yeah. you say, oh, you're doing great. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if they're giving it their all, mm-hmm. if these kids are busting their ass doing fucking pottery, I don't care what it is. Yeah, dog. whatever like, it is. Like, Commend these kids. Grab a kid, even if it's not yours. Like, speak 
speak kind words to them. They need to hear mm-hmm. positivity. We need to preach positivity. There's so much negativity out here. Yes. People feel like they gotta they just have to do so much at such a young age and they don't. Like I like you can probably speak to this real. Mm-hmm. I have so many kids that I coach that have jobs that mm-hmm. that feel like they have to work and I'm like duh, I that's have not kids. that's not the way it need to be, bro. I have <laughs> kids that are helping pay bills. And you gotta do what you right gotta now. Do, right? Yeah, you have to do what you gotta do, but Never, bro. Once, when I was younger, the the best thing that I could ever want was the approval of my parents. Oh, of course. To this day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still, honest, I yeah. still like yeah. this evening. I'm, I'm having them over to cook for them. Yeah. Like, just it's just having your parents show you that appreciation makes you feel so much better as a kid, especially. So, um. And I know a lot of parents get wrapped up in the things they do, but the mental health part just is so great for your kid when they feel like they have made you proud or they gave just something positive that you can say to them in a day could really help your kid. Like if you had a bad day, if your kid had a bad day and you come home and just be like, hey, how was your day? And they don't give you that answer that you want. Or something, just being able to give them a positive affirmation would be exactly bro. so sen- it go- substantial it to goes so far. And I understand these kids don't; they can't talk to their parents about everything. No, you know I get it. But having yeah. someone, and that's where we play a role as coaches. Definitely, is I always want my kids to feel like they can come talk to me about anything. If they can't go talk to their parents, you would talk to me. Yeah. Can't talk to me. Shit, I find someone for you to talk to. Yeah, because I didn't heard some stories that I don't. Oh, I don't want to repeat. Yes, and some, some of them I didn't want to hear. Some shit that I'm like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> like I didn't even know it was possible for someone to go through some shit like exactly. that at this age. And but that's the type of stuff that we don't know. This mm-hmm. kid could have been going through. Yeah, exactly. And even speaking on like Kevin Love and the and the the uh, the professional athletes, mm-hmm. I was watching an episode of The Shop. And um and Elena Deladon was on the shop and she was talking about She went through some crazy shit she, she in has, college. She has. And to the day she's, you know, opening up the comments and mm-hmm. you know, they really go in on these female athletes. Yeah. I know we we're gonna actually talk about the the deal that they just got. <clears throat> but Which was a long time coming. Yeah. And um pretty cool too. But yeah. she was talking about how Athletes, what has helped her a lot was they implemented that counseling for mm-hmm. professional athletes. Yeah, you know the mental health counseling because it's it's important. Mm-hmm. And they, what I feel like they don't do enough of is have that start off in high school. Yeah, um, that would be amazing because they need it. I feel like you need it more than mm-hmm. that way. It's kind of more of a preventative measure. You wouldn't even need it as much yeah. when you get to the next level. Um, and I don't know what that would, I don't know what that consists of, but it's probably just an ear, right? Like people just want to hear you yeah. talk, like, yeah. like you said, you hold this stuff in so much, and then you blow up. Yes. So, and a lot of them, a lot of these athletes, they hold it in throughout high school. Yeah. And then some of them even hold it in throughout college, but the high school part, I mean the college part. Is when you start to see them unravel. You see the the uh, 
the downfall of them. Like some some high school top athletes, you won't see them make it once they get to college, once they get to the pro- professional level, just because they've they've accepted this negativity for so long mm-hmm. that they start to believe it. Um, one person that I I really didn't like for some reason, uh, a professional athlete. I I don't know why I didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because he's ugly. <laughs> but uh, Demar Derozan um, was just on uh, Kevin Hart's uh, YouTube series called Coldest Balls, mm-hmm. and they just get in the ice tub and, and chop it up a little bit. But um, he spoke on how Kevin Love inspired him to speak on his depression. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, one of them things that no matter how indestructible that athletes look, we're all human at the end of the day. We all got feelings, all of that. Sometimes it gets the best of you, um, where at times everything in the whole world, uh, like you said, the whole world feels like it's on top of you. And he talks about how um, he has nights that um, where he was young, uh, that young demeanor used to come out mm-hmm. um, from in the NBA, like him and Kyle Lowry are best friends. Mm-hmm. He said that whole first year and a half that he got drafted, he never spoke to him outside of a basketball thing because mm-hmm. of. One, where he's from, and he gets so standoffish and be in his personal space because that's his only way to know to cope with his depression. Mm-hmm. Um, never being outside of California because, as you know, he went to school at UC, USC. So he was born in Compton, mm-hmm. um, went to USC. So you really don't travel much. And then for your first time ever really traveling um, in the NBA once you get drafted, you go to Toronto. So you're in a whole nother country at this point. So you don't get to go back to California as much as you used to, or you're not yeah. home. So mm-hmm. being away from home for the first time at 1920, you really going to be, different. it's yeah. going to really fuck with you. Like you definitely going to go through depression. Um, it's really going to hurt you because you can't do the things you normally do. You don't mm-hmm. see the people you normally see. So, depression and anxiety are the two i'm not saying that they're the two only two but those are the two that you hear about the most like but and that's but speaking of that like you said that being away from home mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying had you like like is a big effect on people who especially come from areas like Compton and stuff yeah but i I wanted to touch on the Aaron Hernandez story really yeah, quick. You know, yeah. a lot of people know it already. A lot of people have just learned more about it by watching the documentary. Yeah. But I wanted to speak on that because you mentioned being away from home. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a big problem with Aaron Hernandez was that he was too close to home. Yep. yep. And I feel like it's two different dynamics. Like mm-hmm. Aaron Hernandez in the documentary, it showed that he grew up um superstar athlete. Yeah. You know, grew up in a family, you know, grew up in a household with his mom and his dad and his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, dad went to UConn, was a neighborhood hero. Yeah. Uh, he, his brother went to UConn. He was going to follow in his footsteps. Mm-hmm. Make a long story short. And they said his dad used to, it was a toxic relationship. Exactly. Yeah. It was a toxic relationship. His dad was the epitome of what a man should act like, mm-hmm. right? No mm-hmm. no emotion, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Hydro emotions, all that type of stuff. Um, homophobic. All of that type of stuff. Yeah, right? so on the outside looking so in, you would be like, in, man, like it, yeah. this family is is it's, real perfect. But in the inside, he's beating his mom. Exactly. All that type of stuff. So and that affects s- the kid. Then yeah. at the age of 16, his dad died. Mm-hmm. And he died from a 
random surgery, like a hernia surgery. Yeah. Some shit that's normal. Damn. And it shocked everybody. They said yeah. the, the funeral was huge, you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah. They said from there, Aaron Hernandez just, you know, he he wasn't the same. Yeah. And, you know, he grew, and then he had to go, um, his, his mom ended up, his mom ended up having a relationship with her sister's boyfriend. It like, Oh shit. And Aaron Hernandez says, you fucked me up. Yeah. And from there, he went to live with that same aunt. Wow. And at that point, you got to think about it. The aunt probably was more of a friend. Yeah. You know, than anything. Than a mother. Yeah. And he grew up around these bad people. Mm-hmm. Then he flipped his commitment from Yukon to Florida, which nobody saw coming. Yeah. Went to Florida. And, you know, that whole time he was building up these bad relationships, hanging around people he didn't have no business hanging around of in, in Connecticut. Moved to Florida, went to school there, was wilding down there, mm-hmm. got all the tattoos, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting in fights, all that type of shit. And one thing that they say in the documentary is that people let him get away with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. He never had any consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then getting drafted by the Patriots was the worst thing yeah. that could have happened to him. Because yeah. for you, to, if y'all don't know, the Patriots are located basically. Well, I mean, they're in Massachusetts, but Connecticut, Massachusetts, all of that is, is not uh, far from each other. All of that is considered New England. Yeah. So it's, it's it's all one area. He moved back home. Yeah. His that's house it. in Connecticut. Yeah. And so, like Demar Derozan being away from home hurt him. Yeah. He probably wasn't. You know, he went to. Compton High School, right? Mm-hmm. And he played AAU with Lil Romeo, all the yep. people. You know what I'm saying? Yep. He was around some... I'm sure he grew up rough. But, but he, he was, was more around, influential he was a, people. He was around influential people. I yeah. remember that story. You know, he grew up tough, but played on a great AAU team. Yeah, you know that's how Lil Romeo, sorry, yeah, he's got the USC because exactly, of him. Because of him. So, but that's just the way people grow up differently, yeah. right? Yeah, So, Aaron Hernandez gets drafted by the Patriots. He's back home. It's like Nipsey Hussle. You, you do this good stuff. And you try to, and then you go back to your community, mm-hmm. and your demise is in your own community. Yeah, which is why I is it's hard to to. I understand people get homesick, mm-hmm. but then you gotta look out for. Like I don't know how the New England Patriots even missed that. Yeah, and I wouldn't have draft. I I couldn't have drafted him. It would have been I hard pressed to draft him because but. I knew he was gonna be back around mm-hmm. that environment. But for people who have, he hadn't gotten in trouble. Yeah, well, he's got in trouble, but nobody, they were hiding it so well. Nobody took accountability. Exactly. So, and I want to like as for on the mental health side of things, dog. Like, like I said, his mom, he you know he grew up in that toxic home. Mm-hmm. So, mental health affects people so many different ways. Yes. And then you got the CTE thing in football, where yeah. you know the head injuries and dog. Like that's just scary. Which is another reason why I wouldn't push yeah. sports. Yeah, <laughs> like children for because, Isaiah. Um, he will have a great support system, mm-hmm. and with us having so many kids mm-hmm. around their age, like you, Chris, um, yeah. Dink, Wad, Chris, yeah. Chris Joyner this time, yeah. Chris Melton the first time, mm-hmm. um, you Ike, got, you got James, Steve, you got, yeah. James, like all of us have kids, and they're all around the same age, and we're all doing something positive, um. For us to be able to bring all of our kids up together without a pregnancy pact, like Man, n- I, I don't none of us, realize that. none of us, everybody, this, everybody assumes that we had a pregnancy pact, and none of us did. We all just didn't pull out, and we shot the fucking club up around the same time. It just, it just happened like that. But for us to be so 
I I see us as influential because we have people our age that commend the friendship that we have. Yeah. So, um, for us to be all around the same age, uh, our kids to come up with the parents that they have, um, it'll be hard pressed for our kids to be in a bad situation. Yeah. With the people that's around them. And they always have an outlet. They always have. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So if you don't have to show to your kids when you have friends like this, no, you don't. Um, especially when they'll be around so many kids, I think, but, um, I, I don't know. No, no, I mean, I I feel like it's true because we all don't like, none of them are getting raised in bad areas. No, none of them are. It's just, I, I look at these stories and I, I except take, for Chris Jordan, I heard he live in the hood and uh, and uh, Hampton. Yeah, I mean yeah. Hampton is the hood. Like, hey, Chris, get out of there, bro. Yeah, we leave. we praying for you. Leave, get out. We praying we praying for you, bro. <laughs> yeah, like um, blink twice if you need us. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, no, man. But seriously, though, like when I hear these stories, like I'm looking at all of the factors that play in from toxic relationships. Yeah. To, to. Uh, to the environment, to the school system, to the friends, to the sports. It's so much social media that yeah. goes into yeah. it. And which is why another thing, like for my own mental health, and I'll speak to it more in a different episode, but yeah. which is why I will never in my life, I I feel like you don't have to stay with someone in order to make, and you don't have to stay with someone for a kid. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like and, you don't have to sacrifice mental stability yeah. for a relationship with a kid. Because one kid see through that shit. Yeah. So there, yeah, there no, you know, I can be much happier and parent a lot better with your mom. Exactly. If we're not together. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of people run from that. A lot of people don't. Because a lot of people feel like you have to stay together for the kid. And that's such an old school approach. To things. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. it's worse on kids' mental health worse, when you man. see your parents sleeping in different rooms arguing or you s- or they're arguing nonstop or they're supposed to be together, but your dad's never home because he doesn't want to be around your mom. See, and Brad, and that's something that I wanted to speak to. You know, I, I could, my head, you know, of course, we're not around y'all 24 7. Yeah. But we're around y'all enough to know that, to see how the spectrum goes. And I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, my head goes off to you and Bree um, because it's like, Thank you. I know Zay's going to grow up being able to love correctly because mm-hmm. he's seeing his mom. Yeah. Being loved correctly. Yeah. Or, you know, vice versa. Like I said the other day, like if if a man comes into Trent's mom life, I never been like I I my hat will go off to the person that can love her correctly. Yeah. And yeah. treat my son the right yeah. way. That's all I want. Yeah. Because I Because we will pull up on his ass. Dead ass. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, and I'm like on my side, I promise that Trent will see a woman loved correctly. Yeah. And I know that he'll see his dad loved correctly. Exactly. Now, you you can grow up in two different homes and grow up perfectly fine. Yeah. As long as your parents exactly. are Exactly. Exactly. And like Hernandez didn't see that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a lot of these kids don't. I, I think DeMar DeRozan grew up, it was just him and his mom, mm-hmm. I, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it, it's, it's sad that it seems to be so often. Yeah. But... Life happens, bro. Life yeah. happens. Shit happens. We got to move from it. We got to get better from it. We got to grow from it. And I'm just, like I said, I'm glad that I got friends like you. Uh, yeah. 
you know, uh, James is doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got a lot of yeah. people that, you know. And James been married for, like, 50 bro, years. So, like. Well, a thousand years now. So, so <laughs> I mean, it's. He's, like, the honorary uh, marriage counselor in our group chat. See? So. That's how I got to go. You, you got to have a different dynamic of friends. Yeah. Yeah. To, to make your life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To make yeah, your life work. Like, yeah. it takes a village, bro. Oh, it definitely It takes does. a village not only raise these kids. It takes a village to grow as a man. It takes a village to, like, you, you got to see it all. Yeah. And luckily. Yeah. We have a great group of people around us. Yes. And we say all of this about mental health to say this. Don't be afraid to talk about what you're going through. Man. Like, being able to release. Like, a lot of these pro pro athletes, they will hold everything in until it's, it's getting to the point where it's unhealthy. Like. We don't have, we're not going through the same problems that they are. And some things is very similar, but being able to talk, just trust somebody, find somebody that you can trust that you can talk to with your problems. Like some things I'll talk to y'all about, Mm -hmm. and then some things I'll get on this podcast and talk about some things I'll talk to Bree about some things I'll talk to my sister about, but once I can let, once I get everything out, it's so much better for me to be able to do that. And then, um, I can, I, I feel so much better. Like, like this past, these past two weeks where I was away from Isaiah and I was away from Bree, um, so much being able to come on this podcast and talk about that, uh, made me feel better, uh, talking to them. Being being able to spend time with them, it made me feel a lot better um, being away. So it's hard to keep everybody happy, but being able to just talk and and the people that that'll actually listen and give you advice, it, it helps a lot. And it it takes the art to actually be able to listen effectively. Hell yeah, to those things because a lot of people don't like. And this is something if you're a person out there that somebody talks to and you don't really like how can I put this like I don't know I I feel like as much as we put emphasis on being able to talk to people Mm -hmm. we need to put more emphasis on being able to listen to people oh yeah definitely because it like that really is the the most important ingredient to the process because like I mean everybody's not everybody's not for you no you can't confide in everybody unfortunately no, no, and no, family no. being actually some of the main people you yeah. can't because yeah whether it's biased opinions you know whatever the case may be but it, it's hard like it's hard to be able to talk to a lot of people because you just don't know how they're gonna respond exactly and you know and so. one thing um if some if somebody's actually listening to you they'll give you feedback if you don't like their feedback you got to still be able to accept it. Like if you having a conversation with me and you're just trying to vent, but you expect me to listen, like I'll listen. But if I have something to say back to you, mm-hmm. be able to accept it. Yes. Um, yes. That, because that just starts another argument yeah. and it compounds on That's whatever big. you're already going through. So, um, being able to trust somebody to have a conversation with them about what you're going through be able to also trust them enough that they're going to give you their best interest at heart when they give you your advice back or their rebuttal to what you're going through. So that's another thing that, that to be cognizant of um, 
when having that conversation, just being able to accept uh, their their conversation. But um, yeah, that's 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 true. Yeah, because uh, I've I've had plenty of conversations where someone asks for my advice or tell me what they're going through, and I give them something back, and then it's animosity between us when I was just trying to help. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, uh, what you got, man? Uh, that was that was that was some good shit. Yeah, that was some that good was dialogue. Some good um, uh, we shit, man. We about about forty eight minutes in. That, that was that was about ex- that, was, that was about what we estimated. Yeah, that was that, that was, was very good. close to what we estimated. Um, yeah, man. I don't want the tone of the episode to be too sad. We got nah, we got some good. We, we had this hilarious ass episode last week. Yeah, we had and to get y'all some week. real shit this week because it's so prevalent. Yeah, there, yeah, and um, and people we've been talking about it since the beginning of the month. Well, since we started. Yeah, for real, for real. So uh, we'll give you a little bit of the athlete perspective of mental health, and now we're next time we talk about mental health, it'll be a little bit more personal. Yeah, some stories. Yeah, kind of on a regular man's point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, you know, a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people go through that same stuff, so mm-hmm. y'all will be able to relate. Um, but so, um, before we get out of here, what, is there anything, uh, yeah, um, a few things going we'll on? We'll talk about world? a few things actually. Yeah. Uh, so you spoke about this earlier, but the WNBA has took a big step in, uh, with their, I guess it would be their CBA. Yes. Collective um, bargaining agreement. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they have a cap increase of 500. Well, two five hundred thousand. So, if you don't know, WNBA players, I think their cap was what fifty thousand. Believe so. I think it was it was fifty thousand or less, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of people was making less. Yeah, Um, like teachers are making. Some teachers are making that. (laughs) Like, so you telling me I'm playing at a professional level? These people are paying this much money, and I'm making. Less than some of the people that are, or a majority of the people that are coming to the games. Mm. And if you know about the WNBA, some of these females, if they don't have endorsements, and even the ones that do have endorsements, when their season is over, they go they overseas find, and play. Or either they have to find another job. Yeah, or they find yeah. another job. And it's terrible. Some of them are not good enough to go play overseas. No, they're not. So <laughs> they'll just be here. Uh, Bagging your groceries, probably. Um, but uh, another thing that they just got in that uh, CBA is they get single hotel rooms. As a professional athlete. And as a female for one. As a female professional athlete, I have to share a fucking room oh my when God. we go on away games. It's bullshit, man. Like, granted, their season is, what, 28 games or some shit like that? Like, it's not long. But... You telling me that I had to share a room as a professional athlete, college athlete? I understand. Uh, high school athlete, I also understand. But a professional athlete sharing another room is a little od. I feel like this is going to be big for the WNBA, and they also get full salary on maternity leave. So you telling me a girl had a baby and they wasn't getting any money for it because they they took maternity leave. That to that blows my mind, bro. Yes, yes. Like how how do you keep keep this league up and running 
with some of the shit that goes on in the league. Like, I would have rather. I do know that a lot of their funding comes from the NBA. Yeah. And with this deal, they put the cap up to, what is it, 500 million? 500,000. 500, okay. Oh, no. Wait, I'm tripping. Um, No, they say some of the highest earning players would get $500,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, $500,000. Crazy increase. Yeah. Um, I personally don't see this being able to be managed because (coughs) where are they going to get that funding from? Like, is the WNBA bringing, (coughs) like, are they bringing in enough money to be able to support that raise? I have no idea. The NBA is going to have to, (laughs) like, support it a lot, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. No. Because they got basketball players getting fucking every every niggas getting a max contract now. Exactly. So, like I don't really it's, see fucking JJ Riddick made. I think he getting fourteen fifteen million a year. Man, like they showed. Uh, I think Mike Conley's contract a few years ago, and he was getting paid the same amount if you combine. I think it was four or five quarterbacks contracts in the NFL. And if you don't know, quarterbacks are the highest paid players in the NFL. And one NBA player was getting paid a combined salary of of four or five guys. Um, And these are starting quarterbacks, not bench riding quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So it's it's crazy to see the difference in in cap for the NBA and the WNBA. It's so crazy. Um, But I'm just glad that it's a start for them. It is a start. So I'm, I'm glad that they're getting that. I probably still won't watch it, um, but I am a WNBA ambassador, so yeah, I support it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, did you see the video with the when L- when LSU went to the White House? Yes, I did, <laughs> Bruh. Um, the guy said that he was he was it was a disgrace for them. It was an embarrassment. Um, I forget. Yeah, I sent you. I, I, I sent you the somebody. tweet, but I can't remember who who actually tweeted it. I, I saw it was a. Uh, I, I think it was a. Was it one of them college football pages? Uh, let me. I'm see. I'm not too sure. But for y'all that don't know, so LSU just won a national championship. Yep. And they've been. It's this song yeah, college called, football quotes. Yeah, it's this song called "Get the Gat" that uh, that like a new is right right now. It's like a New Orleans anthem. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, like a New Orleans bounce type song. Yeah. And they've been dancing to it. Since they won a national championship. Yeah. It's, it's like a challenge. So they went to the White House, and, you know, once you win a championship in major sports, you get to go to the White House. Yeah. Why they went to the White House in the first place, whole other story. I have no idea. Exactly. My ass wouldn't but, have been there. But, hold on. But some niggas went in that bitch and turned it up. they went in that joint and turned up. And it was this white lady. Who the fuck I was this white lady? I don't know who this white lady was. She was in that joint trying to get chose. She was getting chose, bro. And she was getting it, too. She was in that joint. So one of them niggas GTD'd her. Bruh. And if you know, don't know what GTD mean is yeah. got the draws. Word to Tommy. Shout out to Tommy, bro. That she definitely but, got the draws. Bro. Oh yeah, she gave them shit up. Yeah. So, but like, I just don't. First of all, I don't think it's unprofessional or totally wrong for any a kid from eighteen to twenty one. Who's having fun, man? Who who's having fun? They just won. They just feel like they some of them accomplished their highest feat of. Mm-hmm. Of their college career. Um, aside from getting a degree, I feel like that's one of their biggest accomplishments. And even after they graduate, some of them still might say that that was their biggest accomplishment. Um, so for them to go there as, I mean, they do get paid a little, but 
to 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 go there and have fun and then still be called unprofessional like who was uh, the fucking white lady? Okay, my question is: I feel like she worked it. This is my question: If that was a white, te- if that was an all white team, and like it was BYU, and and when they decided to dance to a fucking country song, it would have been no problem. No, they would have been great. Imagine because, if one of them finger guns would have went off in the White House, oh bro. Oh my god, bro! I, that was my <laughs> like. Come <laughs> on, bro. Fear, is that is that the finger gun was going to air that bitch out? Exactly. <laughs> With the president in there, it would have been so oh. dangerous. If one of them fucking finger guns went off in that bitch. And then they probably have fucking McDonald's and Burger King anyways. Who want to eat that shit? I would have let the finger gun off anyways. But I, I just don't get it, bro. Like, it's, it's crazy that you can't let a predominantly African-American anything have fun wherever they go. Um, some people might not agree with us, but I feel like uh, that was... I feel like it was a little OD that, that you think, call them under, so. uh, unprofessional. I think so. As amongst well. other things. I think so. As well. Yeah. Um. So I think we'll we'll get to these IG questions. Let's do it. Did you did you have any? Um, uh, do you remember any of yours? I surely do not. But um, while you answer yours. Okay. Um. Well, we can both answer. Well, I'll answer this first question. Um. And then all the other ones we can answer together. Okay, I do have one. All right. All right. So my first question is, uh, with being with coaching, being married, and a dad, <clears throat> how do you keep everyone happy? Um, it's hard as fuck. Because mm-hmm. um, like we said in, I think, the first episode, these kids that we're coaching get way more time with us than anybody else in our family. So um, from November to March, I see my family way less than I see the kids that I coach. So um, with that being said, how I keep everyone happy is the time that I'm with them, I'm with them. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I feel like, there's times when Isaiah will see me on my phone and he'll start to whine. And I like, he understands like, okay, you're not showing me any attention. Mm -hmm. So once I feel that he's acting like that to get my attention, I'll put my phone up. Um, breeze the same way. She'll get off the game, get off the phone. We haven't seen you in so long. So when they start to give me that, I know like, all right, I'm doing too much. Like, let me, let me relax. Let me give them some time now. So, um, Whenever I get a chance to watch a movie, um, take them out to eat, whatever we can do to spend time together. Um, Sundays is usually family day, but with our schedule these past couple of weeks, we've been recording on Sundays or late Saturday. So um, it's been hard to do that. But uh, Sundays is usually the day for my family. Um, I'm trying to get another day for them, but. My schedule is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, games, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, practice. Um, So Saturday and Sunday will be mainly for my family for the most part and recording for y'all. So that's question one. Um, Did you have any input on that one? Um, Because, I mean, you still got to, like, coaching and Trent, you still got to keep him happy. It's it's still – I haven't really mastered it. Yet. No, it's I hard. I don't think I ever will. 
but it's definitely hard. Um, like you said, like they they understand when they're not getting attention. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm looking at my phone or watching TV or something, or like especially when I'm playing a game, Trent comes up and he like grabs my leg. Yeah, and he'll like try to climb on me or something mm-hmm. like that to really get you know. Yeah. Um. So, I. I don't know, man. Like my head goes off to you because you know you you, you have a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like you have the wife element of it. Yeah, so it's tougher. Yeah. But yeah. we do what we can, man. Yeah, we try. We, we like, try, and I feel like it'll get better as we go along. Mm-hmm. So I stay up till eleven thirty some day some nights just yeah. to make sure she's happy. And, and that's where the sacrifice happy. has to come in. I feel like for as much time as we give this other stuff, we mm-hmm. have to be prepared to fight through when we're tired. Yeah. Yeah. At home, and and we can't let it seem like okay. So you're tired enough, where you can't focus on us, but you can. You got enough energy with energy them. Yeah, yeah. So I'll never, I'll yeah. never let it be known that I'm tired when it comes to exactly to the family. So I think that's what it's about. It's those sacrifices. Um. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um. Why is dating so hard now? Yeah. I mean, so I answer that because. You know, you... Yeah, you I don't, don't date, do of yeah. course. But so, you don't have to yeah. answer that. Um, To me, I don't like dating because no. I don't... I can't give... It's hard to give multiple people that type of energy mm-hmm. without feeling like I'm slighting someone. Yeah. And I don't... I have a habit of doing things like... My dad called it wearing my heart on my sleeve. So mm-hmm. what I'll do is, like, I'll go 100% into something, and then it's, like, kind of backfires. Because, yeah. you know, um, so for me, when it comes to dating, I don't really like it because I have to focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Or else it's going to be obvious mm-hmm. that I'm mm-hmm. in two different places. Yeah. So I've never, I've never enjoyed it. I'll try to be with one thing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? yeah. One person. Yeah. Um, and then also when it comes to dating men are toxic. So for on for some of a girl's perspective, you be dating men? No, nah, I'm I'm giving it. To oh, oh, okay. From because giving girl, it to a man. A girl asks this question. So oh, okay, I'm okay, it to them okay. From a man's okay. perspective. Whew. Yeah, I was about come to say on, that bro. nigga gay. <laughs> come on, bro. You're very homophobic. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I I think this is pretty common because I've actually talked to someone about this. Yeah, where. They agree with me, but they feel like women, um, like when it comes to dating, men feel like they can date multiple girls, mm-hmm. but they don't want the person they're dating to date multiple men. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's a big problem with the general population in terms of dating is that men men get possessive. Yeah. Um, and they feel like, no, nah, like I can do whatever the fuck I want, but you can't do yeah, what yeah. you want. And if a girl is doing it, she's probably perceived as as a whole or something like exactly. that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like that's probably what dating people have terrible views on it. Yeah. Yeah. When all the, reality, they do. You should be able to, if you're dating, you should be able to test what you want, mm-hmm. test the waters. Um, you'll never know what you got or, or, or you'll never know. Or someone told me you never know what you want until you find it. Exactly. Um, that's now, like I said, I can't wrap my mind around it because that's just not how I am. So yeah, I'm not saying it's wrong. Other people need to do that. Yeah. So that's why I think dating is so hard is because people just, I don't know. It's, people are toxic. Some yeah. People are selfish. And a lot of people look at social media as a model for bingo. How your relationship should be like, man. Aside from 
today, well, last night, I gave Bri an appreciation post because of what she's done over the last two weeks, like with minimal help outside of this household. Well, I won't say minimal help inside the household. Uh, because I haven't been here as much. Mm-hmm. So, um, but she's had plenty of help outside of the house. Uh, but you don't see our relationship much on social media. And mm-hmm. we do that on purpose. Uh, there's nothing that validates our relationship on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Like, so none of that validates that's, our relationship. That's huge. And we both came into a into this relationship with an understanding that nothing on social media validates it. Like there's nobody that follows us that will see something on our page. That'll be like, well, damn, what are they going through? Cause it's none of your fucking business what we're going through. Um, so we try to keep our relationship in our house, like mm-hmm. our phone. Um, if we argue like nobody else going to know about that shit. Like, unless it's something stupid, like, then we'll, I'll, I'll tell y'all, like, if we, we argue about something stupid, just like she'll tell her friends. But if it's something to the point where I'm like, man, fuck this. Like, I don't even want to do this shit no more. Mm -hmm. Nobody else would know about it because that's when you get the negative from outside people. yeah. Yeah. So like, if say, John and uh, Tina are dating. They go through something. John goes back and tell his boys like, man, fuck that bitch, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, fuck that bitch mm-hmm. from his friends. And then Tina goes and she's like, yeah, fuck John. And then their friends was like, he won't shit anyways. Then y'all get back together. Now you look stupid. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like if we keep that part out of relationships, it would be a lot better. Like it's, it's nothing. It's okay to post them, but every Monday to show how you appreciate them. Like, who are you showing? Like, what are you showing them for? Mm-hmm. I I show Bri I appreciate her by what I do for her in the house. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't I don't show her appreciation through social media because it doesn't do anything. So I think that's one of the biggest problems with dating in this generation for sure, and just in this timing and uh, and that's and that's real because um i mean i've been like you know like uh you know my last relationship yeah. and not once was that ever on no social media. it wasn't not once and that's because like before that i mean i was shit i ain't i ain't, a, I ain't ashamed to say it like when i was with my baby mama it was something that we did a lot yeah we posted yeah. each other and yeah. I wasn't necessarily as much as into it as she was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she she liked that type of attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Everybody's different. Me, personally, I don't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. want my relationship on social media. What's ours is ours. Um, mm-hmm. It draws the wrong type of attention. Yep. And it's, you know, like you said, like, that's a big, that's a big testament to how long y'all have yeah. lasted. Yeah. Y'all been here for years. Yeah, and seven years. Yeah, seven years, and not, and I can count the times where, you know, <laughs> y'all yeah. have posted each other. You know what I'm saying? Outside of, you know, the appreciation pose, you yeah. know, when Zay was born, the marriage, all that type of stuff. And yeah, that's, that's something that outside of of big, uh, yeah, big events. events you know what I'm saying? That's something that it's a rare occasion that we post each other, and neither one of us have a problem with it. We've actually talked about it, like yeah, 
it's we we don't have a problem with it. Um, we got a question from Steve. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to Steve. Uh, where do you feel your coaching will take you, and what do you feel is your end goal of coaching? Hmm. You answer that first. Um, I want my coaching to take me to where I don't have to have another job, whether that's high school or college. I want to be able to put my all into coaching. Um, I put a lot into it now, but I'm also working. So that time that I could spend watching film, talking to other college coaches, talking to like, I got to do all that shit in my free time, not while I'm at work. So, um, I want to be able to, to support my family and coach basketball. I don't care at what level, if they told me they would pay me enough money to make, to pay my bills and still support my family and do what I wanted. And I was coaching fucking two year olds. I would do that. You do it. I just want to be able to coach basketball and um, just support my family. That's that's how I, I don't want to have a, another job. I'd rather invest and have other income, but I don't want to have another job. So that's my end goal for coaching. Um, man, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, I ain't gonna speak too much on it because it's the exact same. Yeah, I uh. I got into this shit not ever thinking money was ever going to be a part of it. No, I didn't um, think so either. Shit, money's still not really, <laughs> really oh, nah, a part that, of it for real, for real. Like, that shit is I mean, it grocery ain't, money for At least me. it ain't what people think of. Like people oh, no, think not at all. Um, but the work we put into it, shit, it needs to be. Yeah. Now at this level. Yeah. Um, then it gets a point in time where, you know, you got to start thinking about your quality of life mm-hmm. and providing for your family so i mean you know we want it you know we feel like at some point we we're good enough to be on that next level yeah but right now it ain't even i'll i'll be cool being where i'm at for the rest of my life if yes. you know what i'm saying if yeah if i never had that opportunity so yeah so yeah that's what i think about it um let's see do i have any more questions that i actually want to answer um answer the uh oh okay i'll 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 answer the question that uh why asked us not not ugly justin why no the the uglier yeah nick wad um he asked us why did y'all choose the people that y'all chose to be the godparents of your kids um it's a good question actually yes uh I don't know. It, it's a combination of things. I won't even lie. Um, I mean, that's not something that I take lightly. Yeah. Because I know, like, a lot of people just pick person they're closest to or mm-hmm. something like that. But a lot of people don't understand that if something was to happen to you, um, and if like your parents weren't, if, if, if like your grandparents weren't around, mm-hmm. and there were no immediate aunts or uncles then by law, it would go to whoever you have as listed a as a godparent. Um, so, you know, you want to find someone that you know, well, one, that, that you trust. Yeah. Um, you want to find someone that uh, you, I guess, would have faith in. I guess the mm-hmm. same as trust. But, I mean, so for us, I I believe we have the same godfather. 
Uh, do we? Do we have the same godfather? Yeah. Yes. And he yes. also has Nick as yes. his godfather. So Nick, yes. Justin, and yes. then Teresa is also okay. his godmother. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's, you know, people who people who are trustworthy people, people yep. who, you know, you wouldn't mind having a child around, people who you know would set a good example. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like that's why you go about those things. Yeah. Um, I feel like Nick asked that question because he's wanting to know why you picked him. Yeah, it is. And <laughs> I'm not going to give him that satisfaction. <laughs> so. Um, what I'm going to say is, uh, I agree with Jay. Yeah. There we go. So, um, suck a dick, Nick. So, <laughs> there you go, bro. Um, do you have one more? Or I got one more. You got one more? Yes. Right. I have one more, but this question we could probably make a whole episode about. Shit. So, I let you go first. That's a deep ass question. I let you go first, then I'll say the question, and then we'll decide if we want to talk about it. All right, cool. Yeah, All so right, so this question is in terms of being a role model. Um, what qualities about you make you a role model? Mm-hmm. And did you have someone to demonstrate those qualities for you? Mm-hmm. And if so, who? Great question. Who yes. asked that question? But that's amazing. That was my bro. my cousin Don. Don, great who question. Who is a big supporter of our podcast, but Shut not up. as supportive of how long they are. <laughs> but <laughs> shout out to Don. We can't short this shit. Yeah, we got we got to talk our shit. This will be one of our shorter episodes. It seems like. Yeah, I think so. We're on an hour and thirteen minutes. So yeah, this, yeah. this seems like one of our short episodes. Um. Wow, it's a good question. Yeah, um, I'm sure we have some of the. I feel like a lot of our answers will be the same. With these questions. Yeah. Um, yeah, they will. For me personally, I feel like something that makes me uh, such a good role model is that I want to. I truly care about uh, the development of mm-hmm. of any young person that I come in contact with. Yeah, from a human being point of view. Um. I put a lot of stock into creating good citizens. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, and having our kids be able to go out here and not just, I'm talking about our children too. Like mm-hmm. having them be able to go in the mall and conduct themselves yep. in a positive way. Um, being aware of, you know, bad people to be around, stuff like that. Like I feel like a lot of that stuff is really important. Um, and then it's, it's all about your actions and how you carry yourself. I'll yeah. never, I'll never preach anything to anybody that I won't do myself. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's that's probably the biggest key of it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I mean, honestly, my role models, you know, like first off, you know, is my father. Yep. Um, he's, you know, everything he does is I want to model it. The way he works hard for his family. Exactly. The way he's preached in his coaching. Um. You know, y'all hear a bit from him next week, by the way. Yeah, too, so yeah. He'll be on the episode. Look um, forward to seeing pops for sure. And it's it's just something that we look, you know, it's something that I've always attested to my growth is him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it then honestly having friends like you know y'all who yeah. who are doing things that you I may not be doing at the time, mm-hmm. but I see the way y'all move. I see the way you know, like in your relationship, like exactly. the way you moving your parents and the way you moving your coaching. Yeah, it's all. Once again, uh, you'll hear I say this so many times. It's a village, <laughs> you yep. know. So that's something that's that's something that's dope. And I'm sure for you, it's a, a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely is. I feel like, uh, with with me, my qualities 
uh, are just like my my ability to just show like my how do you say it uh i show them rather than i can just point them out yeah um you you speak through your actions yeah yeah so i think that's one of my biggest qualities like stuff as simple as having my pants on my waist um i can't speak for all men that some of the kids that i come in contact with they they don't do that um some of them don't know fathers uh that are as in my as involved in their life as I am with Isaiah. Um some of them don't know married men. Uh so stuff like that I feel like just being able to show them what a man like they see I go to work mm-hmm. um and I'm still providing for my family and still showing them uh how to be become men and better men and how to handle certain situations. Um just being able to talk to them about that and like you, my dad showed me a lot of this. Um, but also my cousin Marcus, uh, mm-hmm. like those two, um, I pretty much, well, of course I grew up with my dad, but Marcus, we was at times living in the same house, um, mm-hmm. by how, how much I was around them. So, uh, those two guys, uh, did a lot for me growing up. Um, especially with basketball, um, just seeing what well, Marcus has been a father for 11 years now, um, just seeing how they all handle those things um, was real influential for me. And I think that is one of the reasons why I am the role model I am today. And I'd like to consider myself a role model uh, for a lot of the guys that I'm around. Mm-hmm. So that answers that. Uh, did you have any other questions? Um, well, let me just tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, hit this question. So somebody said, what, what is your why in life? Um, shit. It's a big question, but to sum it up, everything we just talked about. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all really under the same umbrella. Like, yep. that's, that's something that, huh, I mean, we'll, we'll be talking for days on that. Yeah. I don't know if anybody really knows the answer to that. I haven't found it out yet. No, I haven't. Um. Bree asked me that about six months ago, and I said it was helping kids. Mm-hmm. And I mean that I feel like that was the easy answer. I don't feel like I put enough thought into it. Um, but now I think about it a lot. I, I don't really have a clear cut answer, and I don't think I will for a while because nothing has really clicked as far as just having a clear cut answer. So, um, like you said, I think it's under that, uh, that same umbrella, but I feel like my why could be a little more than just this or just the coaching or just the helping kids. I feel like my why is a little bit broader than that. And I just haven't figured it out yet. Um, did you have anything else or we on to the player spotlights? Um, we can go on to the player spotlights. Um, did you go last week? Um, now we let our guests go and then, no, uh, we all went. Yeah, I know what I'm saying, but we let our guests oh, go first, okay, okay. but I don't know if you went first or I went first after um, them. I think I went last. All right. Well, um, that means you go first this time. Okay, cool. I'll go first. Um, all right. I got two kids to spotlight. Um, mm-hmm. and those kids are two of my football players, Josh Milner and 
we have Deshaun Williams. Um, I don't know. Neither one of them. Josh and Tank. Okay, I know yeah. Tank. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, he's coming both, with governments. They both are. <laughs> they both are. Uh, they both are my linemen. Okay. And yesterday. Wait, uh, I know Josh too. You know Josh. I think I'm I know, sure you know Josh. We went to, yesterday we went to, uh, uh, we took them on a visit to junior day at mm-hmm. University of Virginia. And um, they look like they already go there. Man, bruh. <laughs> but huge. being on campus with them, yeah. Josh weighed in at uh, well, he measured in at six three and a half, uh, three hundred and fifty pounds. Damn. Um, but with pads on, he he looks all of six five, six six. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how they measure you, but and then Tank measured in at six two and a half, three hundred and like fifteen pounds. Sheesh. Now they both are very large humans. Yes, and they look way bigger than that. Um, and we'll toss your little ass around. Bro, and and Josh is a freshman. Sheesh. And Tank, you know, is going into his junior year. Yeah. You know, we got Josh in there because, you know, we wanted them to see, you know, how, you know, just what he could provide. Uh, got him to watch his film, stuff like that. Uh, Tank does have a full scholarship offer to them already. Um, you know, he's just narrowing down his decisions. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're trying to get Josh on the board. He's going to be a huge recruit. His, uh, his literally, figuratively. I, I mean, yes, in any way possible. So, just wanted to shout out to them um, on that experience, man. It was great seeing them. That was Josh' first time putting on a uniform at a college. Um, we got some dope pictures that we're going to be dropping. I'm in a few of them, so you know, some professional pictures. So it'll be, it'll be cool. Um, so shout out to them, man. Um, I will give y'all their Instagram names. Uh, yeah, that'll be posted I've, later. Yeah, we'll post them because I don't know them on the top of my head. Yeah. So. Um, I got two. Uh, my first one is a football player slash basketball player. Uh, no, he's actually a football player that plays basketball. Let me correct that. Kevin Gales. Um, I don't know if he's been on my spotlight before. I can't remember. But he is a dog on the basketball court. Yes, Um he He's all of six foot. 5'11", um, and he's our center. He leads us in rebounds, and he's going up against kids that are 6'5 and above. Um, I know in the last three days or three of the last eight games, he's played somebody that is 6'6", 6'7", and 6'9". And when we played John Marshall, he played someone that was 6'11". And not one time in that game was he out-rebounded. Out, in any of those games, was he out-rebounded. Um, so that's a testament to how hard he works. Um, and it's to the point where he's bullying them so much that they are trying everything they can to, to get him get under his skin. They're, they're pushing him, like literally two-hand full extension push, they're trying to tackle him like they're trying to do everything because he's so aggressive mm-hmm. when the ball's in the air. Um, but that's a testament to him playing wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's I haven't seen a wide receiver in high school that's built the way he's built. No, me neither. Um, he He's built like a college athlete right now. And once he gets that next level of coaching that'll push him to be better than he is now. Um, college football will become easy for him. It's going to be extremely easy. Yeah. 
And um, I like I like <sighs> what what he's gonna show. He's gonna commit soon. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Once I get the date and um, once I get the information, we'll start posting. Um, okay, cool, cool. And then my other guy is a guard out of Dimwitty, uh, point guard, Brandon Pulley. Uh, this kid put up 40 two weeks ago, I think, last week. Last week he scored 40 points. And... I watched him play again last Saturday, and he doesn't have any help. Mm. But he might be the best player on the floor almost every time he steps on the floor. Wow. And I think he's like 5'10", 5'11", but he is uh, the nephew or brother, I think nephew, of... Uh, my the old guidance counselor at Meadowbrook, Miss Pulley. Oh. If y'all don't know her, uh, or if y'all know her and went to Meadowbrook, yeah, it's her nephew. And right. I think he's a junior this year, and he's putting up numbers that some of the top guards in the state are putting up. So um, he plays for Dinwiddie, so keep an eye. He'll, his Instagram, along with Kevin's, will be posted. Uh, so just keep a lookout for them. For sure, definitely. Um, oh, really quick, I did have another. I don't know his Instagram name, but this is another shout out. Really quick, uh-huh. I'm going to try to find his Instagram name. I was watching highlights on the news. Yeah, and it's a basketball player. He goes to Henrico. Um, Zayever Wingfield is his name. Oh um, yeah, and man, I I was watching highlights of him. And he Dog, like- he dunked on two people. Uh, I think he dropped like 18. It was it was them against Verona, and. Man, he really bought out. Dog, that kid's special. We've played against him. We've played against him, I think, three times now. I meant to send uh, the video to you to yeah. ask about him because I, I meant to he talk about him. He is special, bro. Yeah, he was good. Um, and and he he's a real humble kid. He's quiet for the most part. But, you know, when you step in between the lines, yeah. everybody's personality shows up. Yeah. So um, he'll talk his shit, but. He a real humble kid, real quiet. Yeah, I could tell by the interview that they gave him a post game. He, he yeah. was very well spoken. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm find his Instagram and I'm gonna shout him out on the page because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I I think I know his Instagram or I'll be able to find it. Cool. But uh, yeah, that kid is is real he's good. Special. Like, special he's talent. Real good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as always, man, we, what we try to do, you know, y'all already know, we try to find any talent. Yeah. So if, if y'all know anybody, send us their page. I mean, you know, let us know. We'll shout them out. Um, yeah, you, yeah, they uh, can be the best prostitute on JD, mm, and we won't shout them out. But definitely not. We will shout out somebody else. <laughs> maybe they have a cousin. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they have a cousin that's doing something. If you have an uncle that's a mechanic that only takes uh, Marlboros and and twelve packs in twelve of, packs of Budweiser, we will shout him out. Yes, we will. <laughs> you know, we need hood mechanics. Yeah. Um, but sure. uh, yeah, whoever, Anybody, man, we will man. we will shout we will shout them out, man. We just want to promote positivity. Sure. Um, and as always, shout out to uh, to the Hardway Podcast. Yep, to the hard way. Shout out uh, to Niche once again. To Niche. T with T. Yeah. Um, everybody. Shit, I'm yes. drawing a blank, but shout out to y'all. Yeah, y'all know who y'all are. Exactly. 
Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but so, uh oh we got some stuff coming up soon hats t-shirts yeah you know, yeah support man yeah we um would like to get our logo um <clears throat> bitch uh, boy you know uh who we're talking to yeah we would love to get our logo so we can start getting our hats and our shirts started um something tells me by the time we drop by the time y'all hear this the logo will be done i feel like that because i think i know the pro- i think i know where he ended off at but if it's not but if it's not then he gonna hear about this shit again next week yeah so um again bitch boy finish the logo yeah boy bitch exactly so let's go ahead and end this on a positive note with this goddamn quote because i'm about to get mad about our logo not being done yeah so all right um I don't even know if this is actually a quote. Well, no, it's definitely a quote because I'm saying it. So, uh, this pertains to the entire episode, specifically the uh, mental health piece of it. Um, The only thing more exhausting than having a mental illness is pretending like you don't. Oh, shit. And what that means, man, listen, like Real said earlier, you got to be able to talk about it. You got to be able to find someone to confide in. We can't walk around acting like the world is all peaches and cream. If you're going through stuff, please let someone know. I don't, I don't, I don't care how you do it. Just let someone know, because any sign is better than no sign. Before you get to a point of no return and you feel like everybody's against you and mm-hmm. there's no outlet, and you end up doing something that not only hurts yourself but hurts other people. So, mic drop, mic drop, man. Thank y'all. <laughs>